Welcome back Welcome in to the Mathis Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Mathis, directly in front of via virtual web browser, L Savage Spence on Twitter. Spence, how's everything going today? As uh, obviously a lot going on in terms of sports, but how's everything going up there in North Georgia? It's it's going great today. A lot of sports news happening, a lot of fun stuff to get into on the podcast today, ready to open it up and see what's in store. Yeah, no doubt. Again, a crazy week across all big sports here uh, in North America, of course, capped off with some big news that came about earlier this afternoon. First and foremost, we want to kind of recap what had already happened, and that's player of the week. So, uh, Spence, I'll allow you to go first with your player of the week from any sport uh, and, you know, kick off things with the player of the week segment. And then we'll move on to uh, our stooge of the week, one of our favorite segments. The big three later on, of course, and there's a lot to really delve into, so we'll kick it off with that player of the week. My player of the week comes from one Tuesday night game for the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie Irving scored 50 points on just 19 field goals attempted, went 15 of 19, and then also a 9 for 12 from the three-point line. And that field goal percentage in a 50-point game is the greatest of all time. So Kyrie Irving, uh, a guy who really hasn't gotten to play all that much that this season because Bro- Brooklyn will not let him play in the home stadium because he doesn't have the COVID vaccine. Uh, whenever he's away, he's killing it in a 50-point game with the best field goal percentage of all time in a 50-point game is my player of the week. I don't care what else he did this week. He could have dropped zero in another game or just not played when the Nets were at home. But 50 points is a lot, especially whenever you're 15 of 19 uh, from the field. Yeah, no doubt. He also went 9 of 12 from beyond the arc. Nine three-pointers in the game. 27 points alone, all from the three-point line, would have been insane either way. But then he also tacked on 11 out of 13 at the free-throw line. So Kyrie Irving put uh, all of his philosophical beliefs and everything to the side and played basketball on the road as he helped lead his Nets to a road victory against the Charlotte Hornets. He's the NBA's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and speaking of Aaron Rodgers, we'll have some more on the dramatic drama queen Aaron Rodgers who doesn't want attention, but he does want attention. Let's shoot it straight. My player of the week, and we'll really delve more into the trade, but my player of the week, Russell Wilson, who just saved himself out of the dumpster fire out in Seattle and is now going to a team with a very good defense that has had a defense good enough where they had a quarterback for the last, any of the last three or four seasons. They are a pretty decent playoff contender but they lacked a quarterback the last two or three years Teddy Two Gloves was the guy under center for the Denver Broncos last year obviously uh, before that they were kind of uh, weighing things with the quarterback that they drafted and then traded to Seattle Uh, the name's drawing a blank right now but Drew Locke Drew Locke yes and he was one of those guys where he would go out play football and he brought some energy but he was not good he was very inconsistent ever very inconsistent And even if he was having a good game, it was a very subpar game that you'd expect from a backup. So Teddy Two Gloves played quarterback for Denver this past year. He did okay. You know what to expect with uh, Bridgewater. But now that Russell Wilson is there, I think that the Broncos are not only a playoff team, they are a serious contender there in the AFC. And Russell Wilson got lucky. I mean, really did get lucky by getting traded out of Seattle, where they had really started to fall apart after those Legion of Boom years and won 11 or sorry won seven games last year went seven and ten and now Russell goes to a team with a great running back a solid receiving core and a very solid defense headlined by a great secondary so Russell Wilson is my player of the week 
and we'll have more regarding the trade that went down earlier this week for Russell Wilson going to the Denver Broncos and what Seattle got in return. Yeah, I mean, that was a good trade, uh, especially for Russell Wilson going to the Broncos. I think that's going to be a good team. Watch out for Von Miller heading to Denver, going back to Denver uh, this season to play with Russell Wilson, who did beat him in the Super Bowl, dropped 50 on the Broncos' head with the Legion of Boom. But yeah, a good trade for the Broncos. But I think the Commanders would have been the best fit for Russell Wilson. I feel like their defense is amazing. Uh, they've got a better receiving core, in my opinion, than than the uh, the Broncos do. The Broncos are said to have like a top ten receiving core. A lot of people on Twitter believe that, but in my in my eyes, they're really only top fifteen. They've got Cortland Sutton, Tim Patton, and Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy had a really bad season this year; almost led the league in drops. But if he would have went to the Commanders, he would have had uh, Logan Thomas at tight end, Terry McLaurin, who is miles better than any of the three Broncos receivers. And they've got a defense that would compete with the Broncos defense. But I mean, we'll see who the commanders end up at with later on in this podcast, but Russell Wilson, the Broncos is a good move and I'm ready to see uh, what happens in the AFC this season. And that's probably going to be the team that I root for when the bucks inevitably are out of the playoffs next year. Yeah. It looks like now that we can cross Aaron Rodgers off our wish, uh, wish list, we can cross Carson Wentz who wasn't necessarily a want, but he was a decent, viable option for the Buccaneers. He's gone. Russell Wilson no longer available. As Spencer shakes his head, if you guys are not tuned in on Spotify and or YouTube, you can watch this podcast and not just listen. Search us TCM underscore pod. But uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the trades that went on earlier this afternoon and across the National Football League this week as well. But we also got to shout out our Stooge of the Week. We talk about two guys that had great weeks. Now we got to talk about two guys that are on the other side, the flip side of the coin, that made a fool out of themselves uh, at any sport, any level here this week. Well, my Stooge of the Week goes to a team that picked up Carson Wentz, and I'm happy the Bucks dodged a bullet there. I'm not sh- I, I know Jason Light certainly wouldn't have traded for Carson Wentz, but the Washington Commanders, the new football squad in Washington, their new name change, they traded two third-round picks for Carson Wentz, but also picked up his $28 million contract and are, and take over every single part of that contract without any going back to the Colts. So the Colts really just dumped Carson Wentz. I mean, they ended up losing a first-round pick throughout it all because they do not have a first-round pick this season uh, because they traded that to Philly last year for Carson Wentz. But the fact that the Washington Commanders picked up the entire contract, they owe him a $5 million signing bonus next week. That the, that the commanders just picked up out of nowhere. Usually whenever you see a trade like this, the team that's offing their quarterback pays a little bit of the contract, but the commanders really fell from grace because it was, it was either Russell Wilson or Carson Wentz, and they ended up with Carson Wentz, who ended up spraining both of his MCLs in the same play, both of his ankles as well, and threw an interception at the one-yard line in his own end zone. I mean, this dude is... He's not very good. He's he's he, to me he's a worse version of Jameis Winston. He may not have as many interceptions, but he throws a lot of interceptable passes that get dropped. So Carson Wentz and the Commanders are my stooge of the week. Great. I mean, obviously a great nomination there. My take on Carson Wentz is that you know there, there's a couple of great quarterbacks in the National Football League, and then there's a couple of good quarterbacks, and then the rest are average at best or terrible. I think Carson Wentz is good in terms of. 
getting you there. He, he can run the offense enough to help your team win games, but when you have to rely on him as your leader, as your quarterback to take over, he can't do it. And it proves just, just every wait year. though, because the Colts are going to sign Jimmy Garoppolo, and they're going to be a playoff team next season because all they need is a quarterback that can game manage. Carson Wentz just couldn't do that. I mean, it was said that he was checking out of runs. Jonathan Taylor was a near was an MVP candidate. Ended up top three in the MVP votes. But Carson Wentz was checking out of run plays to throw interceptions. I mean, Carson Wentz just isn't a good uh, game manager or leader for your football squad. So I, I'm happy the Bucks dodged a bullet there. But I'm sure the Colts are going to sign Jimmy Garoppolo or someone like that, Marcus Mariota, someone that just doesn't throw a lot of interceptions and can just manage a game. Well, with that being said, the, the Washington Commanders also uh, move on from Taylor Heineke, who was a guy that I liked as a person. I thought it was a cool story. He had his first big game against the Buccaneers two seasons ago in the playoffs. And then this past season, it was his job to either yeah. secure moving forward or you know, prove that he wasn't the guy. And obviously, he proved that he is not the guy for the Washington football or Washington Commanders at this point. But do you think it was much of an upgrade there from – Taylor Heineke to Carson Wentz? The Taylor Heineke contract in the first place, whenever the football team, the Washington football team signed him, was an awful, an awful contract for Washington. Ron Rivera, since he's been there, they've had a great defense, but the moves that they've made in the front office, which he is a part of in Washington, have been very bad. And today they even made it even worse because now Heineke, I don't know what they're going to do with him. They're probably going to release him. They're not going to lose all, they're not going to get all of his money back for the squad and then they're paying Carson Wentz $28 million over the 2022 season. So Washington commanders are already starting off where the uh, Washington football team left off. Yeah. We'll see what Ron Rivera can do with that quarterback. Carson isn't terrible. He's not good by any means, but I don't think he's a terrible quarterback. I just don't foresee him taking a team to the promised land ever, ever. Uh, but you know, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Again, he will have a very good wide receiver or two to work with, a great running back and Antonio Gibson out there up in Washington. And we talked about the trade with Russell Wilson. I don't think that the Seahawks were willing to keep him in the NFC. So uh, they did decline a trade. And we'll have more on that here in just a few moments. But my stooge of the week, we know about the Los Angeles Lakers and we know about their failure this year. Uh, obviously, they made a, a trade for – Russell Westbrook to help out LeBron to win a national or not a national an NBA title and I'm looking here at their record I think they've won 29 28 games 28 and 36 <laughs> ninth in the Western Conference uh, and yeah it, it's been a bad year and that's okay every team has a bad year but this is beyond bad to have two so-called superstars maybe even three obviously Anthony Davis yeah not being able to battle that injury bug and I think that's a pretty big concern there for the Lakers but LeBron James is truly stat padding. I know he doesn't have many other options to give the ball to, especially when Russell Westbrook shoots 40% at best from the field. But Russell Westbrook, Russell uh, Westbrook is my stooge of the week. And the reason being, when you're a big-time athlete like that at any stage, it doesn't matter if you're playing minor league baseball or professional ba or major league baseball or basketball, tennis, anything of that nature, when you're, whenever you're riding high, the highs are extremely high and the lows are extremely low. And I think that any athlete would agree with me on that at any level, any country, it does not matter. And, and you know, once you sign up to play and to, you know, agree on a contract to help a team win games, that when you're struggling, you're going to get harassed. And it's just a part of it. 
<laughs> Russell Westbrook said that he was pretty much upset about, you know, the fans heckling him at a game and, and calling him uh, West Brick, which, okay, yeah, it's aggravating. But truthfully, man, just step up your play and that won't happen. You know, once yeah, you I have mean, – He's been called Russell Westbrook for like the past five seasons and he hasn't gotten any better. He's progressively gotten worse. The term superstar for Russell Westbrook is basically gone. I mean, he's not a superstar anymore. He was with OKC back in the day, but now – when he's taking a corner three, he's hitting the side of the backboard like more than once whenever he does it. I've seen it at least 10 times this season on Twitter <laughs> clips. I mean, he's just not the same player, and he he can't take the adversity, can't take the heat. He also said he doesn't let his children or whatever or any family members go to the games because he doesn't want uh, his children to hear the fans calling him nicknames like Russell Westbrook. I mean, the dude is not good anymore. He's He's past his prime. Yeah, earlier today, my friend Aaron was talking about Russell Westbrook and said, how many elementary school kids know what Westbrook even means? You know? Yeah, none. Hardly I, any. Well, actually, actually, I feel like Russell Westbrook is a is a nickname that's really stuck over the last five years. I mean, elementary kids schools, I mean, elementary school kids, uh, they follow like Steph Curry, people like that. It used to be Russell Westbrook when I was in like high school, elementary school or middle school however long ago he came into the league. But, I mean, I feel like kids do know what Russell Westbrook means, but he earned that reputation, that name, with the play that he's put out on the court. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm arguing here is, yeah, obviously you said that he's oh, been yeah, called I agree, I agree. last four or five years is that, you yeah. know, he's got this nickname. And he said, at times I let it slide. But now that he realizes, hey, maybe I'm not as good as I once was or that I thought. And, and you look at the numbers – was he ever really a superstar? He was just a guy that shot the ball a lot, made some flashy plays, played hard. You can't argue that. The guy still plays hard. Even when he's playing terrible, he still play, He always plays with effort. I'll give him that for sure. He's very passionate about basketball. But at the end of the day, when you're not putting up numbers and most importantly, helping the team win, especially a talented team, a team like the Lakers that should be in the finals this year, you know, all things stack up and then you are the Stooge of the Week for going yep. out on national media and saying, hey, you know, please don't call me that anymore. I think that that nickname dissipates if you play well and more importantly, if you contribute in any way to help the Lakers win some basketball games. Yeah, my NFL comparison of Russell Wilson is Jameis Winston, but it feels like Russell Westbrook is a worse version of Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston got clowned for the 30 for 30 touchdown to interception ratio in 2020. And then in 2021, he was in New Orleans and only threw three interceptions. He got better. He's not deemed a turnover machine right now he ended the season with 14 touchdowns three interceptions before he tore his acl the saints would have been a playoff team with him russell westbrook if he's the only guy on your squad you're not making the playoffs and he's one of three on the lakers and they're not in the playoffs right now they're not they're not in it they're they're, they're one spot out of it right now and i don't think they're going to make up any ground to make it into the playoffs and also some of the blame should go to lebron because LeBron is the one who's been building the Lakers over the last couple of seasons, and he has not put out a good product for the fans. Yeah, I think at this point, I can't fault him, but at this point with where the team is at right now, LeBron is just stacking up those stats. And at 37 years old, knowing that your team's probably not going anywhere this year or even next year at this rate, I would stat pad as well. But yeah, and LeBron, that's my Stooge of the Week. Yeah, and Le I agree with the Stooge of the Week, and LeBron's just waiting for his, for his kid, Bronny, to make it to the league. Then he's going to go to that team and retire. He's just trying to make his way through the last five seasons of his career. He's going to be 40 years old when Bronny gets into the league. So we'll see how that goes. I don't know if he's going to be with the Lakers for all those years, though. No shot. Yeah. I mean, I think if they 
allow him to be there. He'll definitely be there because there is benefit for him being there with his uh, film industry, with his profile, with his brand, stuff of that nature. But will the Lakers put up with this? I'm not sure. Uh, I don't blame them. I'm not exactly sure also what LeBron's current contract is. So uh, I better do a little bit more research before I talk about Yeah, if he wants to stay in L.A. so bad, he can go to the Clippers. I I don't think they'd take him because the Clippers are actually a pretty decent team. So Yeah. That's but true. it is it is a lesser in terms of the status and you know what you think of that team that organization yeah you know they could probably afford to try to take LeBron and I don't yeah. think I can't think of a team that would take a shot to have a very old LeBron James with his son on the same team and sure you know you're gonna pay LeBron very little money because he said it's not about the money he's gonna take a huge pay cut to play with the son but if you're the team that drafts Bronny can you guarantee LeBron hey Bronny's going to be on our starting roster, or is Bronny going to be in the G League and he'll never see the court? And at that rate, is an old LeBron James even worth having if Bronny's not playing and he's not happy? You know. Well, I mean, LeBron James is basically like whenever Charles Woodson was at the end of his career when he signed with the Packers and moved to safety and was still decent. I feel like that's what LeBron will do. He's going to sign with a team that's not the best. He's going to sign for cheap, and he's going to be a pretty good player still. Even up into his 40s, I think he's going to last a little bit longer than most NBA players do because he has all this money, all this research. I mean, athletes size. now, pro athletes, yeah, pro athletes now have so much science on their side that they can go as long as they want. I mean, Brady could have gone until he was 50. He just he didn't want to. Uh, yeah, he could still make a comeback. I don't know. This this uh, off season has me thinking that Brady might be itching for a comeback. A little bit, you know, my percentage of him coming back now rises to about 15%. I, th- uh, I have 0% chance that he comes back. And if he does, Bruce Arians said that he would request three first-round picks from the Niners to get him over there. So even if he were to come back, I don't know if he really wants to play for the Bucks anymore. Yeah, and also, also when I kind of think about the current situation with the Bucks' free agency and cap space, I think that maybe Brady was trying to help the team. Maybe him stepping away – would help the team figure out contract situ- uh, situation a little bit better than if he were there in terms of money. And then he was saying, hey, how uh, how uh, buy-in now are the Buccaneers front office? And then if they are buy-in, they take care of Carlton Davis. Obviously, they just tagged Chris Godwin. If they take care of the people that they need to keep, will Tom Brady you know, say, okay, you know, I might come back? And again, I don't necessarily think so, but I do have some news we'll talk about here momentarily. Uh, adding to this Tom Brady conversation returning. More importantly, we have to talk about the big three brought to you by Information On Demand. Information On Demand, pre-employment background screening services, offering fast, accurate, affordable background screening services. Whether you need criminal background checks, drug screenings, e-verify, academic accreditations, or other screening services, they've got you covered. That's Information On Demand. You can rest easy knowing a highly trained search team will get you the information you need in eight hours or less. Information on demand, fast, accurate, affordable, pre-employment background screening services. Again, that's three for the big three. Give them a call today, 855-914-4636 or visit informationondemand.net. Informationondemand.net brings you the big three here on the Chris Mathis podcast and the big three, three quarterbacks that have had acquisitions go on this week across the National Football League, starting off with Russell Wilson, former quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks, helped win Seattle a Super Bowl back in 2012, and since then has put up some gaudy numbers, has played really good. Until last year, I think he was 
battling some kind of injury of some sort, and he did have a decline in play. But he's still a top-five quarterback, in my opinion. And uh, Denver made a huge splash to get him to land a good a good quarterback there for the Broncos and help out a seven-win team there. Now, he makes that change, that transition from seven-win Seattle to seven-win Broncos of Denver. And I think the Broncos are now at least a 10-win team with yeah. Russell Wilson at quarterback. Yeah, I mean, Seattle honestly made out like bandits. It was it was already known that before this season they were going to move on from Russell Wilson. And the stuff that they got out, out, got out of this trade from the Broncos, uh, they got Noah Fant, the tight end, a couple of first-round picks, a couple of third-round picks. I mean, they did pretty good with this trade. And then they released Bobby Wagner, which saved them like $15 million in cap space. Uh, Jamal Adams is probably going to be on the move, who absolutely single-handedly tore apart Seattle. But Seahawks are were on the downtrend already. I'm sure uh, Russell Wilson probably wanted to get out of there anyways. And the, the Seahawks did the best they could, and now they're on a rebuild. They're not going to be good for the next couple of years. Yeah, you talk about what Seattle got in return. You forgot to add in a fifth-round draft pick as well. So they are building for the future. Pete Carroll, I think, is 71 years old, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and obviously just lost Russell Wilson. Just lost uh, his star linebacker, Bobby Wagner, who was there back in 2012 with the Legion of Boom. One of the most consistent linebackers in the league. Now gone. I mean, it looks as if they're kind of coasting their way to build for not this upcoming season, but years after. And yeah. I'm not sure how much longer Pete Carroll has there as head coach of the Seahawks. Yeah, there's no chance Pete Carroll goes over one more year at the Seahawks. No shot. And I was thinking that maybe Russell and Pete would kind of go out at the same time, but I think I think Pete's stuck there. And now on top of that, if you're DK Metcalf, are you requesting a trade? Or are you trying to get out of, you know, now you look at your quarterback, Drew Locke, as of now? Unless well, they you, take you still got to wait. Watson. You still got to wait before you ask for a trade because Seattle's supposedly in on Deshaun Watson. And that would be, at this point, probably an upgrade over Russell Wilson in terms of how many years you get out of Watson. And he's he's basically the same quarterback, just a little bit better runner. So that'd be an upgrade for Seattle. If they can score Deshaun Watson, then all of this doesn't matter. But I don't think they will. And on top of that, Deshaun has been out of the game for the last year. So I'm kind of curious if he'll just be able to hop right back into it and pick up where he left off. Yeah, I don't I don't think so, but they don't really need him to. Yeah, it's they not can, like we're trying to win yeah. now anyways. Yeah. So, I mean, trade. it would be interesting to see. And obviously several teams have acquired or tried to reach out um, regarding Deshaun Watson, but we're still having to await trial, which takes place this Friday. Yeah, some kind of yep. court situation this Friday. And we'll Everything will be happens. cleared up this Friday. I mean, you'll know if he's either going to go back in the NFL or if he's done with the NFL based on this Friday's hearing. The top three teams that are interested in, in him – are the Buccaneers, Panthers, and Seahawks. And if he is cleared of all these charges, I hope the Buccaneers can land him because he's the best available quarterback at this point. Out of those three teams that you just mentioned, who do you feel like more uh, most realistically has a shot to land the superstar quarterback? Carolina, because Carolina would trade uh, Christian McCaffrey. They've got a good amount of draft capital. They could trade Darnold. The couple well. of years. Yeah, you can trade your quarterback. They would be good. That'd be a good situation. And the Panthers have been working on this trade for two years now. I mean, before Darnold signed with Carolina, they were trying to trade for Deshaun Watson. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, if I'm Carolina, I am pulling the trigger on that. I'm dumping Christian McCaffrey. Bye-bye Sam Darnold in that un, you know, unruly uh, contract we gave you last year. 
And Deshaun would be awesome for the Carolina Panthers, but for every team in the NFC South, uh, you, you hate to have to play him twice because you're yeah. looking at at least one loss per year, if not two, for sure. Yeah. Point A of the big three, Russell Wilson. Other quarterback on the move. We thought might be on the move. Aaron Rodgers, it looks as if he's staying put in Green Bay. Supposed contract allegations that broke on Tuesday were the fact that he signed a four-year, $200 million contract. He tweeted out later on that day on Tuesday afternoon saying, hey, contract uh, was false. That's not the numbers, but I am a Green Bay Packer. What are your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers returning as quarterback uh, there in Green Bay? Well, the media is always trying to paint Aaron Rodgers as a money-hungry guy who wants to just be the highest-paid quarterback. And if these contract if these contract numbers were way off, then Aaron Rodgers was correct because they're saying that Rodgers is getting paid $50 million a year over the next four years. So that's four years, $200 million is what they are reporting. But if Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter are actually lying about this and it's nowhere close to that, then I think everything that Aaron Rodgers has said about how the media is out to get him is correct. But staying with the Packers is the best situation for Rodgers. He's been there for years. Uh, if he took a team-friendly deal, they're going to be better next year. So we'll see how that goes probably by next week's podcast. Uh, but I feel like that's the best situation for Rodgers to stay in Green Bay. The thing that I'm kind of curious about the contract is those numbers just don't come out of the blue. Uh, there's got to be some truth to at least the four years, or there's got to be so- there's got to be something there. Yeah, but there's no shot that he's getting paid $50 million a year this late into his career. I do not believe that. I mean – Tom Brady was getting paid $25 million a year and he put up 40 touchdowns in both seasons with Tampa. So there's no, there's absolutely no chance. And I think they're just trying to paint him as a guy who just wants to be paid. And if these contract, if the numbers are anywhere close to then the media would be right. But if they're way off, then Rogers is right. So we'll see how I'm that curi- goes. Yeah. I'm curious to see how it all unfolds. I also think that with Tom Brady, he's known to have taken a lot of pay cuts over the years. So yeah. whatever contract, you know, if you were a Bucks fan or if you're the Bucks organization and you were having to pay Tom Brady that dollar amount the last two years that he played, I would have paid that for sure. Yeah. So, um, and it obviously led to a Super Bowl and then it led to another deep playoff run. Uh, you know, and in two years, it was a lot of fun to watch Tom Brady. But before we talk more about Tom Brady, we have to talk about the third quarterback, the, thro- the third item on our big three, Carson Wentz, former quarterback, draft pick of the Eagles, got signed by the Indianapolis Colts last year for a crazy contract and then got traded earlier on Wednesday afternoon to the Washington commander football team. I don't know. I have to say Washington and football team some way, some have to, Um, but obviously they move on from Taylor Heineke as quarterback and Carson hops over and moves up to DC. Yeah. Great day for the Colts. Uh, They cleared $28 million in cap space heading into next season. They're quarterback away. They could either draft a quarterback, maybe trade up in the draft to get a good quarterback. Really, my number one quarterback is uh, Kenny Pickett, and then Malik Willis is my number two. But either of those guys seem to be able to fall into the 15, 10 to 15 range this season based off of how teams are evaluating these quarterbacks. Or they could go with a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo who's coming off shoulder surgery, which is a big thing. But, I mean, he's a guy that's going to win games. He's won a lot of games for the Niners over the years just being a game manager and trusting that 49ers defense. The Colts defense is a lot like that. They've got a couple of players from the 49ers defense, like DeForest Buckner. So I really think it's either Jimmy G or 
they're going to sign or they're going to draft a good quarterback in this draft. But either way, the Colts made out like bandits. The only thing they lost it throughout this entire Carson Wentz trade was a first round pick this year. But the Colts, they could be they could be a good team next season. They're just a quarterback away. But the Commanders, absolutely awful trade for them. They were have just drafted a quarterback and waited, maybe signed a lower tier free agent that didn't cost $28 million like Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, Cam Newton, one of those guys who are basically the same player as Carson Wentz, just with a little bit more upside, in my opinion. So I think that the Washington football squad just did not not have a good uh, Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, the official trade, the Indianapolis Colts land a 2022 third-round pick, 2023 third-round pick uh, that can become a second if Carson Wentz plays at least 70% of the plays. And then they also get a 2022 second-round pick. The Commanders got Carson Wentz, the quarterback, of course, and then a 2022 second-round pick. So, unreal that Carson Wentz was able to uh, draw that much interest. Yeah. I, I really can't believe it. I don't think, again, he's not terrible, but he's never going to win a Super Bowl. And, and uh, you know, you I, know think that, I think maybe the commanders may have just not watched any game film of Carson Wentz last season and just looked at his stats, 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions. But I guarantee you if dropped interceptions was a stat, he would have in the 20s. I, I mean, he's a turnover machine, and the commanders are going to see that this season unless he absolutely makes a full 180 turnaround and becomes a good quarterback. Again, the big three brought to you by informationondemand.net. They can get you guys the information you need regarding pre-employment background screening services. That's informationondemand.net. Go check them out. Great big three there talking about three quarterbacks that brought a lot of chatter across the National Football League all over social media. There were memes everywhere, which speaking of a meme, I'm not sure if you saw this, but the Seahawks, after they traded away Russell Wilson, (laughs) they they tweeted a... uh, a screenshot, a screen grab of a movie called Wilson with Tom Hanks in which he was screaming for cast a Wilson. Away. Cast away. Screaming for a Wilson ball. And he's he's floating out in the middle of the ocean, you know, trying to get the ball. And uh, they tweeted that. It got 80-something thousand interactions or views, clicks. And then Seattle ended up deleting it because it happened right after they made the trade. Oh. They gave away their franchise quarterback. And they kind of made a joke out of it. I guarantee he or she that was running that Twitter page has been canned since that tweet on Tuesday. Yeah, the Seahawks fans did not take well to that tweet. I thought it was a funny tweet. I mean, it's not like the social media team is going to be able to do anything about the trade that just went down, but I thought it was a hilarious tweet, but Seattle fans were up in arms about that one and got that one deleted. Hopefully that social media manager did not get fired for that tweet. I thought it was funny. Yeah, I think it's funny. I just think it was bad timing, but you know, at the same time, is there ever good timing to try to make that joke? So I think you either just got to go for it or you don't do it at all. But either way, he got a lot of attention and brought a lot of traction to that Seattle Seahawks Twitter page. Speaking of, follow our Twitter at TCM underscore pod. Follow us on TikTok, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube at TCM underscore pod, or simply search the Chris Mathis podcast. It'll pull up at some point or another. We've had some great interviews such as Tommy Jenkins of Young Harris College last week, Joseph Mancuso, quarterback of the Richmond Spiders, uh, several guys that have joined our podcast. And we have a lot more lined up here, including uh, Eagles linebacker Patrick Johnson. He'll be on the show here in the coming weeks. Got a pretty cool inventor that's a businessman that'll be on the podcast too. 
Uh, New England Patriots director of sales will be on our podcast as well, just trying to line things up here over the next couple of weeks. But we also have some more NFL news, and I kind of hinted towards Tom Brady and his comeback attempt. And this kind of raised my percentage of my chances of seeing him playing football next year. Again, very low, very slim. But Tom Brady has officially filed 26 new trademark applications for Tom Brady. Filings cover food delivery, alcoholic beverages, protein bars and drinks, personal trainer services, meal kits, deodorant, candles, bed linens, acupuncture, and performance tech. Again, alcoholic beverages licensed by Tom Brady with the trademark logo. That'll be interesting to see all that play out. But this guy, unless it's a money grab, which it very well could be, he's keeping his name out there. And I think it coincides whether he does come back or doesn't come back. This makes me think that there's even a, a lesser chance that he comes back. He's getting into the game of of any type of sales he can do. He's he's getting into the into the acting game. He's eventually going to get into broadcasting of some sort, hopefully. But there's absolutely no shot he comes back to the game. And I think that this cements that. Is that a, is that that's not even a hot take at this point? No. Okay. Well, I I don't know. I kind of like. I think that he'll wait and see. I don't think that the Bucs should expect. I think that uh, we're looking at Kyle Trask to be the quarterback of the Buccaneers. Speaking of, Chris Godwin was slapped with a franchise tag earlier this week for the second consecutive year, meaning that he earns 120, 120% of his salary from last year, this upcoming season. If you're Chris Godwin, what are you thinking right now? I know he's coming off of a pretty bad injury that they say he's at like 65% recovery as of right now, but... He got slapped with a uh, franchise tag for the second straight year. Yeah, that's absolute blasphemy from the Buccaneers front office. I mean, we've had two years to get this guy re-signed to a long-term contract, and a long-term contract would have costed the Bucs less money than this franchise tag over this season costs. Godwin's a proven receiver. If we had him in the playoffs, we may have gone to the Super Bowl. Instead, we've franchise tagged him. He's probably not going to want to come back after this season after what's going to go down this season if we don't have a good quarterback. So I think that this is just uh, a bad move by the Buccaneers front office. We had two years to get something done. Now we're probably going to lose Carlton Davis, see if we can get someone in the draft. But it's not like we're a team that can draft a cornerback in the first round. We've got other needs. So this is just bad mishandlement by the Buccaneers front office. Godwin's a great receiver. Wish we could have got him on a long-term deal. Instead, we got him for one extra year at a, at a much higher cost than it would have been. Yeah, and I think that if they would have signed uh, Chris Godwin to an actual extension, they could have tagged, well, they would have tagged Carlton yeah. Davis. Now I think that Carlton Davis is bye-bye. There's no way that Bucks DB Carlton Davis settles for less money to stay in Tampa, knowing that you know their chances of making another serious playoff run or a, a title run is diminished as of now without a quarterback, but we'll wait and see. Also, Bobby Wagner, longtime linebacker of the Seattle Seahawks, was released earlier Tuesday afternoon after they traded Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos. Bobby Wagner, in probably his last three or four years in the NFL, probably, if I had to guess, last two or three years of quality football, is now a free agent. I don't know what's going through his mind right now. He might be happy after all. That might have oh, been yeah. like a favor. Oh, yeah, Before this, this dude ecstatic right now. I mean, he had 170 tackles total last year. He's still good. I mean, any team is going to be lucky to get Bobby Wagner, but I think the Eagles are a great fit for Wagner. 
and the Eagles should be a good team next year. And they're in the hunt for Deshaun Watson. Maybe they can get him. They were trying to get Russell Wilson, but he wouldn't waive his his no trade clause to Philadelphia. But I think the Eagles, the Patriots, those two teams are teams to watch out for Bobby Wagner, who's still a very good player, a lot like Levante David in Tampa. Yeah, no doubt. And again, it'll be it'll be cool to see what team he does go to because uh, they get a lot better wherever he goes. And he's yeah, and go it's a shame that Luke Keekley retired because that 2012 draft class of of linebackers was at 2013 draft class or whatever was absolutely insane. I mean those those three are great over those two seasons of drafts. So it's a shame that the other the other of the three retired and Keekley at such a young age, but he his concussion problems. It was a good idea. Ali Marpet retired probably for the same reasons to preserve his brain because the science is going to come out within the next couple of years and we're going to see just how bad these hits to the heads are. And the NFL is going to have to do something about it. It's not going to be as fun to watch, but Bobby Wagner is going to go to a team and be a good player. He's going to lead a defense. He'll, he'll completely turn around a defense. We'll see where he ends up next season. Maybe the Broncos. Yeah, that would be crazy. And I think that Russell Wilson could probably do some coaxing there and make it work. But Yeah, and we've seen super teams get built over the last three seasons. You saw the Buccaneers two years ago. You saw the Rams last season. And now the Broncos could be a super team in the making. They're probably going to re-sign Vaughn Miller, maybe go for Bobby Wagner. They're going to have a good draft probably like they've done over the last couple of seasons. They drafted Patrick Sertain last year in the first round. They've got Justin Simmons at safety. They've got a good team around them and I'm excited to see where they go. I think maybe they could be the 2022 super team and maybe compete against the Packers in the in the Super Bowl. Yeah, as long as they can get past the Chiefs, get past the Chargers, you know, they'll have a serious shot. But we'll have to wait and see. And, you know, if, if uh, Lamar Jackson stays healthy all season, they'll make a playoff run. I don't think yeah, they'll ever Lamar win. Lamar Jackson is so overly hated. It's absolutely insane. I mean – he does have some injury problems, but the dude almost ran for a thousand yards last season in less than twelve games, I believe. He's a he's one of the most athletic quarterbacks you're ever going to see. He is probably the most athletic. He's a great quarterback. The Ravens just don't have any receivers. If you're a receiver, you don't want to go to Baltimore because you're going to be blocking the entire time. But Lamar Jackson's a very good quarterback, and it's going to be a fun 2022 season. I can't wait to see it. I don't think we're going to have to worry about the Chargers going far in the playoffs. Their head coach seems to be an idiot. I mean, he skips field goals so much, and it ends up costing his team. They go for it on fourth down and field goal range so often that it does end up costing his team wins. So hopefully he'll change that around, or else Justin Herbert's going to be a lot like Phillip Rivers or Matthew Stafford. Yeah, we're going to wait and see about uh, other NFL news regarding you know potential trades that come about from recent free agency moves or potential signings as uh, we're going to see some big-time things go on, and I think Tampa Bay might try to make a leap. I hope that they make a leap for a quarterback. Um, speaking of, because we do need to compete uh, in the NFC, and the NFC South is up for grabs. But, yeah, Spence, I think it'll be cool next week if we talk about our top five quarterbacks in each conference, AFC, yeah. NFC, now that Russell Wilson joins Pat Mahomes, uh, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen in the AFC. That is stacked, but we'll talk more about that next week. Yeah, and Deshaun Watson might be on the move after Friday, depending on how this court hearing goes. So yeah, that'll be a good that'll be a good uh, segment next next week. Yeah, no doubt. Make sure to tune in to the Chris Mathis podcast. Check us out TCM underscore Pod on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. Even uh, is there one on TikTok as well? So check us out TCM underscore Pod. 
Any comments regarding Major League Baseball here and their meeting that they had on Wednesday afternoon as they try to figure something out? Some people say that the job gets done by the time you guys are listening to this podcast. Others say we're far from you know coming to an agreement. Yeah, they've had two 16-hour meetings, and I don't think anything's going to get done. I think we should have a big moment of silence for Major League Baseball. Thank you. Uh, the ML, the minor league baseball is set to start on time in mid-April, so I'll probably go see a Chattanooga Lookouts game, uh, whatever's going on in minor leagues, because it, it seems like we're going to miss a couple of weeks of the MLB season. And MLB is really killing themselves. They're already a dying breed. The sport is dying right now. Uh, no one really cares about the MLB. They, they're really falling down to the wayside, and it's not going to get any better, especially with what these owners are doing and what the players are just not agreeing to, which they shouldn't agree to a lot of these things. And it's not going to, it's not going to, it's not going to go good. I'm, I'm telling you this. I think the MLB is probably going to be pushed back maybe even a month. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that there's a lot of people that are very hopeful, optimistic about it. But at the end of the day, money talks. And unfortunately, that's all that everybody cares about. Whether the players will agree with me on that, they still care about their money, what they deserve. But the front office guys, the commissioner, Rob Manfred, they all care about that dollar amount, and they're not settling for man fraud, whatever you want to call yeah. it. And, and I don't think this is going to plan out. As you said, I could see a month. I could see longer. And on top of that, these Major League Baseball pitchers are going to have to come back without really any spring training and throw 90-something miles per hour for five, six, six and two-thirds innings. There's no way. It's going to be a great yeah. start. And, season. I mean, we've seen lockouts in sports before. I mean, the NFL's had a lockout before. But, of course, they're going to get through it because people watch the, the NFL. The NBA's had a lockout. They got through it because the NBA has such a strong presence overseas. The NHL got through it because Canada is back in the NHL. They've got eight teams in, in the NHL, which is wild. But the MLB, really, you've got two teams overseas in other countries, the like in Japan, they have their own baseball league. The MLB, no one really cares about as much as they used to. It used to be America's pastime. Now I'd put that in the in the hands of the NFL. So the MLB is not getting anything done, and I don't think it's going to be done anytime soon. And the changes that they're making are just absolutely stupid. They're making the bases bigger next season. But instead of addressing how long the game goes because of how many TV timeouts we have in an MLB game, there's like there's three minutes between each half inning. Yeah, and it's all because of money. And that's why their sport is dying. I mean, a four-hour game, no one really wants to sit through. So we'll see how that ends up. I don't think it's going to go good. Yeah, neither do I. Again, we talk about money and all those uh, advertisement deals, those sponsorships, endorsements that the Major League Baseball teams have with so many different companies, and that's that's what they care about is the ultimate dollar amount. But you talked about minor league baseball getting started up here soon. You mentioned Chattanooga, which we got to see a very awesome shot, buzzer-beating three-point shot as Chattanooga yeah. Mocs beat the Furman Paladines earlier this past week and sent them to the big dance. So March Madness is upon us. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I tell you what, I don't watch a lot of basketball, but I will watch – March Madness, especially on a weekend, and once we really delve into that with some games this weekend, uh, we'll talk some college basketball right here on TCM Pod. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to fill out my first bracket for March Madness since I was in like middle school, so maybe I can win something here. Uh, it was fun to see Chattanooga defeat Coach Allison's former team, uh, Furman. So Chattanooga's in it for the first time since 2016. Tommy Jenkins uh, 
the the broadcaster was talking about it yesterday in the softball broadcast with me how Chattanooga was a powerhouse in the 80s in college basketball and he's happy to see them uh return to greatness he's that's his team this college uh March Madness so I'm excited to see how this is going to go and I'm I'm going for Nuga yeah, absolutely. You talk about a great team, a great shot from the Chattanooga Mocs as David Jean Baptiste knocked down the three at the buzzer in overtime. And you also mentioned another great Tommy Jenkins, who was on Talk to Him Tuesday with us last week. Tommy Jenkins, a great broadcast, a great broadcaster, even better person. Go check out that podcast. You do not want to miss that one, guys. He had a shot that was heard around the world. A phenomenal call on a buzzer beater. That went probably 85% of the floor. But either yeah. way, thanks for tuning in to the Chris Mathis Podcast. Spence, final thoughts as we wrap up this show. A uh, quick shout-out to David Garcia from the gym and Young Harris College for listening to that Tommy Jenkins interview. He said that you and Tommy did a great job for that interview. He was very excited to hear about what the legend Tommy Jenkins had to say. So thank you, David Garcia, for listening in. Whoever else tuned in, uh, it was a great interview, very interesting. And Tommy Jenkins, a very experienced guy, Knows a lot about a lot. Uh, I think it was one of the top. I like that. That's done. a great slogan. Knows a lot about a lot. I yeah. love that right there. For sure he does. Sports casting, sports in general, people person, Chick-fil-A, he does it all. Go check out Talk to Him Tuesday with Tommy Jenkins. Aired last week. That does it for the Chris Mathis podcast for Savage Spence. The Chris Mathis, we're signing out. Check us out, TCM underscore pod.